Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Joseph and Moses and the Lord Jesus show us that what forgiveness looks like is actually working for the benefit of those who harmed us. And that's why it was so important when the Lord said that in Matthew 5.44, Matthew 5.44, which we saw saw already, I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you. See, in all those examples, we see forgiveness looks like do good to the person who is in the process of cursing you, Do good to the person who is actively hating you. Do good to the person who is abusing you and persecuting you. He didn't say, do good to the people that used to hate you, or do good, but he said, do good to the people who are actively hating you. He didn't say, do good to them that repent, that have repented for hating you. He said, do good to those who haven't repented and they're still hating you. That's not easy, but with the help of God. And I've asked myself, what can I do? What can I do? Let's see now. Who hates me? Oh, I know. (laughs) I said, for me, it's bringing the gospel to the Jewish people. Okay. Then Joseph explained to his family what he is going to say to to Pharaoh in verse 31. Verse 31. Joseph said unto his brethren and unto his father's house, I will go up and show Pharaoh and say unto him, my brethren, my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, or come unto me. So Joseph told them, he's going to go tell Pharaoh, my family has come unto me, my brother and my father's house. They, they, they've come unto me. Now, there was a great famine going on at this time, and they were all, for all practical purposes, starving to death. But Joseph was not going to say to Pharaoh, because of the famine, they've come into Egypt where there's food. And Joseph, and, and Egypt was a great country, especially compared to, to Canaan. And, but Joseph was not going to say to Pharaoh, because they heard about the greatness of Egypt, and they want to come to Egypt, they've come. Joseph was not going to say anything like that, because Joseph had one message to tell Pharaoh, and that was, in verse 31, my brethren and my father's house, which were in the land of Canaan, are come unto me. The singular reason that Joseph was going to tell Pharaoh that the, uh, was that they had come to Joseph. And never mind the fact that the brothers wanted to kill him. That was in the past before repentance. Now they want to come to be with Joseph. And, 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 and they want to come to Egypt, not to escape the famine, not to, because Egypt's such a great country, but because that's where Joseph was. And that's the reason they wanted to come. 
And Joseph knew that when Pharaoh heard that, Pharaoh would understand. He, after all, called him out of prison. And because Pharaoh loved Joseph. He loved Joseph. He loved Joseph so much that Pharaoh would understand how the family's love for Joseph surpassed the, the, the need to, to, to be, get food for the famine or to come to the great country of Egypt. He just knew, Pharaoh just knew, it would understand why they wanted to come to be with Pharaoh. Because, and, Pharaoh and Joseph knew that that would link Joseph's family to Pharaoh. And as a matter of fact, when all the people, when, when, when Egypt turned sour on the Jewish people, the reason was is because another Pharaoh came that didn't know Joseph. But as long as the Pharaoh was there that knew Joseph and loved Joseph, so, and the explanation was that the family was coming to be with Joseph, it linked Joseph's family to Pharaoh. It was going to be this mutual love for Joseph that's going to link Joseph's family to Pharaoh. Because when, when Joseph told Pharaoh that his family loved him so much they wanted to come to him, then Pharaoh would conclude, oh, we love the same person. We love Joseph. Joseph's family loves Joseph. I love Joseph. Therefore, I love Joseph's family. Now, that's a picture of believers. And the Lord Jesus Christ is in that picture, and God the Father is in that picture. We, we as believers, we're like Joseph's family. The Lord Jesus Christ is like Joseph, and God the Father is like Pharaoh. So as a person, as we grow older and older, life on earth becomes more and more miserable. <laughs> kind of like a famine in Canaan, you know. Or as Pastor Jim used to say, growing old is not for sissies. And, and just as it was with, with, for Joseph's family caught in the, fam, in the famine there, there's a longing to get out of this place. And, and there's, a longing for, there's a longing for people to find relief and to go to a place called heaven where there's a relief from pain and suffering and misery. And, and just as Joseph didn't say that his family came to Egypt to escape the famine, just as the desire to go to heaven to be relieved from pain and suffering is not the reason the people of God want to go, in, want to, go to heaven or are led into heaven, I mean... Everyone has heard that heaven is paradise. It's paradise where everything is there and gold and so forth. And just as it was with Joseph's family living in the poverty of Canaan and, 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 and seeing the riches of Egypt, so people today, they want to go to heaven, and it's commonly called the better place, the better place. But just as Joseph didn't say that his family had come to Egypt because of the greatness of Egypt, so no one gets into heaven because they want to go to the greatness of heaven. The only reason that Joseph gave as a justification for his family to live in Egypt was in verse 31. They are come unto me. They are come unto me. And that's the only way for a person to get into heaven, only by his intense love for the Lord Jesus Christ that surpasses all other loves on earth, all other desires, is it, as it's written in Deuteronomy 6.5, Deuteronomy 6.5, which says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy might. Only then 
does John 14, 6 make sense? John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father or getteth into heaven, or getteth, or gets into heaven, but by me. And, and, he, and he describes this as Joseph is going up to tell Pharaoh about his family. You can see the Lord Jesus in Matthew 10, 32, Matthew 10, 32, where it says, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men. What does that mean, confess him before men? I love Jesus with all my heart, all my soul, and all my might. That's the confession. It's the Deuteronomy 6, 5 confession. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. Okay, now, he goes on. Joseph goes on. He explains what he would further say to Pharaoh in verse 32. And he says in verse 32, the men are shepherds, their trade hath been to feed cattle, they have brought their flocks and their herds, and all they have. So here Joseph is going to tell Pharaoh the same thing four times. Kind of an emphasis. First, the men are shepherds. Second, their trade is to feed cattle. Third, they brought their flocks. And last, they brought their herds. It's kind of like a fourfold emphasis here that his family is all about taking care of animals. So when he says the men are shepherds, he's saying they don't just do the work of shepherding because they have to. Really, it's in their blood. You know, they're not doing it because they they have to and they don't like to, and they'd stop if they could. But when he says they are shepherds, he's saying it's in their heart of hearts. They're shepherds, And, and, and that's who they are, and that's what they love doing. They love shepherding. And then Joseph goes on to say, in 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 in, in it goes on to say their trade is to feed cattle their trade is to feed cattle actually in the hebrew it reads like this they are men of cattle <laughs> they are men of cattle that's like saying the men are so engaged with taking care of the cattle it's kind of hard to tell the difference between cattle and them <laughs> now he's going to tell pharaoh all this that they and then he's going to say and they brought their flocks and their herds as a way of telling Pharaoh, they can't live without their flocks and their herds. I mean, they, they, they didn't have any animals. I mean, Joseph is really driving the fact here. In this case, the Jewish people are shepherds. They take care of animals. It's unimaginable that the Jewish people could do anything else. He's saying the, Jew, the Jewish people are so much shepherds, it's unimaginable that they could ever be things like doctors and lawyers and accountants and jewelers scientists and musicians. No, they're ranchers, they're shepherds, they're cattlemen. Now, Joseph told them that Pharaoh is next going to call him in. In verse 33, and it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you and shall say, what is your occupation? So he's telling him, Pharaoh's going to say, what is your occupation? Sounds like a party you go to where people come up to you and say, so what do you do? (laughs) So what do you do? Because they want to size you up. And they want to categorize you. And, and, you know, if you're a tradesman, like a carpenter or an electrician making tradesman wages, then it's, oh, that's nice. Right? <laughs> but, if, but if you do something that means you're rich, then it's, oh, really? Oh, really? See, because this is Pharaoh's, so what do you do? Question. Because, it, because Egypt was very much a caste society where everyone circulated only within their own socioeconomic group. The rich and elite with the rich and elite. No crossing over. That was Egypt. And the socioeconomic group of shepherds 
and taking care of animals was in that group called abominable. (laughs) The lowest of the low. As a matter of fact, the historian Josephus wrote, Egyptians were prohibited from meddling with the keepers of sheep. And actually, it, 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 it has been found, Egyptian art, where it shows the keepers of sheep as being lame and deformed and unshaved and dirty. So Joseph is putting his family into this abominable category, that which was viewed by the Egyptians as lame, defined, unshaved, and dirty. And, and Joseph has told his family in verse 33 that when, when, you, when, when Pharaoh asks you, what do you do? then you should say this. He goes on in the last verse, verse 34. Verse 34. You shall say, thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth, even until now, both we and also our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. So they were to say, we're all about cattle. We were born into taking cattle. That's all we've ever known. We're a family of many generations of cattle. And, and what Joseph is doing here kind of putting his hand on the scales. He's tipping the scales to get his family to be abominable to the Egyptians. He's getting his family to be hated by the Egyptians. Now, just imagine if you were an Egyptian in that meeting with Pharaoh, and you, you, you hate people who take care of sheep and cattle and flocks. You can't stand the smell of the animals, and you can't stand the smell of the people who take care of the animals. And you hear these words sheep, cattle, flocks, shepherds. You know what that's like? That's like hearing fingernails on a chalkboard. It's so irritating to you. And, the, and, and, and imagine you're an you know, Egyptian standing by Pharaoh, and you and Pharaoh are hearing all these words, the, the men are shepherds. Oh, you know. Their, cattle have been about, their trade has been about cattle. Oh, you know. They brought their flocks and their herds. Oh, no. The trade has been about cattle from our youth, also our fathers. It's like saying it's in our blood. Oh, you know, this is what's going on. So the response on their part is, oh, no. Get them as far from us as possible. Isolate them. Now, Joseph on the sideline, he's going, perfect. Mission accomplished. Because that was Joseph's mission. And it can be seen at the end of verse 34 when Joseph says, this is my mission, when he says in verse 34, Joseph says this, every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. And from that statement, we see Joseph's goal is to make his family abominable to the Egyptians. And we can imagine Joseph's brothers who are saying, Hoy, Joseph, thanks a lot. <laughs> because some of those Egyptian ladies were drop-dead gorgeous. And you just made it so they won't even look at us. And that's exactly what Joseph was trying to do, because he knew that mixing with the Egyptians was the greatest threat to the Israelites, and he had to assure that was not going to happen. Just like it's the greatest threat to us when it says in 1 John 2.15, 1 John 2.15 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I mean, can't you imagine those very words in that chapter there, 1 John 2, 15? Can you imagine those very words where you just take out the words, the world, and substitute Egypt 
And then imagine Joseph saying, love not Egypt, neither the things that are in Egypt. If any man love Egypt, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in Egypt, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of Egypt. And Egypt passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So just as Joseph was making sure that the Egyptians hated his family so that they would not be absorbed by them, so our Joseph the Lord Jesus Christ, he makes sure that we are hated by the world when he said in John fifteen nineteen, John fifteen nineteen, if you are of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. And just as it was Joseph's goal for Egypt to hate his family so they would not be lost in Egypt, that's the goal of the Lord Jesus for us, that the world would hate us so that we would not be lost into the world. And just as it was Joseph's goal to keep his brothers back from those pretty Egyptian ladies with all their idolatry that went along as part of the baggage, so it's the goal of the Lord Jesus for the world to hate believers so that believers will not be unequally yoked in marriage. And just as it was Joseph's goal to keep his family from loving Egypt and becoming one with Egypt, it's the goal of the Lord Jesus to keep us from mixing with the world for becoming one with the world because this is what he prayed to God the Father for in John 17, 14. John 17, 14, he says, I have given them, given them thy word and the world hath hated them. It's almost like you can hear the Lord saying, mission accomplished. But they are because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but, thou, but that thou shalt keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. That was Joseph's goal. Not that she should be taken out of Egypt. You need Egypt, but that you should be kept in Egypt. And you're not Egyptian. You're not part of Egypt. So just as Joseph kept his family from the evil in Egypt, because they were hated by the Egyptians, so the Lord Jesus prayed that we would be kept from the evil in the world because we are hated by the world. So when Joseph assured that his family would be seen as abomination by the Egyptians, they were going to be insulated, insulated from the Egyptians. And, and, and Joseph actually set here a pattern, a pattern that Moses then followed in the steps of. And the pattern is Hebrews 11.25. Hebrews 11.25 says, it's better to suffer the reproachful affliction with the people of God than to be received by the Egyptians and enjoy the Egyptian pleasures of sin for a season. That's not the exact quote. I'm just reading into that. And Joseph knew from his experience with Potiphar's wife that a major part of those Egyptian pleasures of sin were sexual immoralities. And he knew how his brothers were sitting ducks for sexual immorality. So what Joseph was doing here is to make sure that his family was kept sexually unspotted by the Egyptians. And it shows us how important that is for us in, in James 1.27. James 1.27 that talks about what is pure religion? Pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world unspotted from the world. So Joseph has accomplished this, this goal. Actually, there were three reasons why they should be there, and he, he, because in Goshen, and, and he wanted his family to be seen as shepherds, 
And the other, and he says, he says in the end of, he says there, you can see it there, where he says, uh, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. So, but as a matter of fact, what I'm trying to say here is that there were three reasons why, why he wanted his family to le- live in Goshen. First, it was, it, 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 it was, it would isolate them from the Egyptians. It was perfect for cattle, you know, as the Nile traveled through Africa, all the way through Egypt, picking up all the richest soil, the richest water of the Nile is at the end before it empties into the Mediterranean, which is the land of Goshen, right up there in that corner, that northeast corner of Egypt. So that it was for that reason, it was perfect for cattle, it would isolate them. And also, it was the closest point to Canaan. It was the closest point to Canaan, and he knew, this is only temporary, they're going to leave. Very useful. Eventually, they're going to go, so they don't have to take the long road. But actually, they did take the long route because <laughs> they didn't go that short way to Canaan. They went all the way down through Egypt to the crossing there, the Gulf of Aqaba, and then they, that's where they crossed over the Red Sea and into the southwest part of what is now Saudi Arabia. That's where Mount Sinai is. So they go all the way through Egypt. You say, why did they do that? Why, did they, why didn't God have them go the shortcut? Well, one of the things you remember that God told Abraham is that when they leave Egypt, they're going to spoil the land. They're going to take all the riches out. And that was the job for the women, the Israelite women, very good at that. And so what happened is that as the women were then traveling in this huge entourage of five million people, as they were traveling down through Egypt, and you can imagine all the women of the land coming out to say, oh, we got to see the people that resulted in the destruction of our country. This is, you know, we, we, don't, we heard about them up there, but whoa, you know. So all the women would, would come out to see them, and you can, the Egyptian women, and you can imagine the, the Israelite women coming out and say, that's a nice necklace you have there. Can I borrow that? <laughs> that's a nice bracelet. Can I borrow that? And they borrowed, so to speak, all these things which gave them the great riches that they had by the time they had they crossed over there. They traversed through the land. Nice necklace you have. Can I borrow that? So that was what actually happened in terms of their, their leaving. Let, let, let's, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for taking care of the people of God. And uh, so we see here with Joseph, with you, Lord Jesus, doing everything to keep unspotted. And we pray, Lord, that we would cooperate with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. 
Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Experience a short-term missions trip to Israel, the land and people to whom the Lord Jesus Christ will return. Not only walk where the Lord Jesus walked, but reach who He reached, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Be a part of the encouraging Jewish friends to receive the Lord Jesus. Israel Alive is all about making friendships with lost Israelis that will hopefully be eternal. We hope you'll join us in reaching the nation of Israel one friendship at a time. For more information, visit us at israelalive.org. That's israelalive.org. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. You are invited to the 4th Annual Taste of Creation Benefit Dinner and Silent Auction in support of the Life and Light Foundation on Saturday, July 14th at 6 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. We will highlight the Life and Light Ministries that include the Creation and Earth History Museum, Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism, and the Friendship with God Radio Ministry. Learn how your faithful support impacts the furtherance of the gospel to millions of lost people. All registered guests will take a walk through history and experience amazing foods themed for each exhibit. Everyone will have the opportunity to take home some amazing auction items, and we will hear from Creation Museum President Tom Cantor. The cost of the event is $39 per person and $59 per couple. Register today at tasteofcreation.com. That's tasteofcreation.com. 